Welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Brian Ward. Praise God. Wonderful, wonderful, lovely people I'm looking out on this morning. God loves you all, you know that? <laughs> the bride of Christ. Praise God. This morning, um, I'd like us to, uh, really, I've come with an invitation for you. I want to lay a little bit of a foundation, really, of what I've seen God doing within this church here in Scarborough. And it's something that's really exciting my spirit, the leadership spirit, the spirit of the church family. Uh, and it's to see how God is starting to move throughout the church collectively. Um, I suppose from a year ago, um, when we saw the setting up of the prayer room, you know, the, 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 the things that go on within the prayer room, uh, if you look on the calendar, the prayer room calendar, either online or the, um, the paper ones, you'll see how many people are getting involved in praying for certain situations that God has put on their hearts. It's great, uh, the other day when I was up there, and there's a young adult there praying and prophesying. It's great to go up there and see... Uh, um, People with hope for justice are praying. It's great to see the intercessors there on a Wednesday morning. It's great just to see the amount of work that's being done for the young adults, for the children. Uh, stuff that goes on during the day that I was quite unaware of until I was sick this week and I managed to get to a few of the prayer meetings myself. Something that God's doing in me personally has been increasing my prayer life. And um, you think, oh, not prayer, but it's so important the way we communicate with God. It's not just me to Him but it's listening to what God is saying. Uh, and certainly as a leadership, you know, it's so important that we try to um, uh, equip and enable you guys to say, yeah, prayer is one of, the, one of the weapons that we have that we can go forward with. You know, it's listening to God. Uh, when David came across battles, he, he, he didn't just do the same thing over and over again, you know, when the enemy came against him. Uh, there's a passage there, it says... Um, uh, when his enemy was coming against him, he ran to God. He ran to the temple. He inquired of God. He heard from God, and then he did. So prayer isn't just about praying. It's hearing from God. It's saying, what's God doing with us as a church? What's he doing with the community? You know, going out, um, uh, going out into the community. So it's what, what he's saying, what he's doing, exactly how Jesus lived his life. Jesus said in John 15, I don't do anything of myself, only that which I hear the Father saying to me, only that which I see the Father doing. And so that's the example that we want to carry. And and, um, so with with that in mind, it's been such an amazing year of of seeing um, how God has been moving and yet how the enemy so easily can come along and try to kill, steal and destroy. And um, so we, we, we've been aware of those things, you know, we're, we're aware of how the enemy wants, you know, the enemy activity will increase as the church of Jesus Christ goes forward, because he just hates it. <laughs> but we have the victory in Jesus Christ. We are more than overcomers in Christ Jesus. He is our rock, our salvation. He is our strong tower. It was heard that Jesus Christ was in the house. You know, there's all these scriptures that God has given us as a church, um, uh, as well as the ones that has been teached um, specifically this coming year that's, that we've heard already. And so there's an excitement within my spirit that sees um, uh, the family worship has changed all of a sudden on a Sunday morning. We're seeing the youngsters. It's family together. It's not just about the children and us. It's a family service coming together. It's a family worshipping together. It's across four generations. 
And what excited me was prior to us going to our August event, which was uh, our local church family going away last year for the first time together, um, we, we had a prayer meeting up in the prayer room. And there's four generations of, of people in that prayer room. Uh, Elizabeth, um, Paul and Kate's granddaughter. They, aren't, they are not here today. They're, I don't know where Dan is. Is he gone? He's at the back. Um, Dan's, Dan's daughter, Dan and Gemma's daughter. Um, she was in that prayer meeting. And it was just amazing um, to, to hear her prayers. You know, it says, let us have childlike faith. We can learn from the children of today of how to speak to God, of how to declare things without a fear coming upon us. We need to learn from our children. And, um, and, and so the prayers that Elizabeth was praying in that meeting came to fruition. There's something, you knew the anointing of God was on, how old is Elizabeth? Seven years old. Eight years old now. Probably seven last year. And... During this time, uh, what happened at the August event was something special within the children's meetings, that they started to learn how to worship, how to, how to communicate to God, how to worship Him, so how to know that it's all about Jesus in their lives as youngsters. And it was really exciting to see, you know, when you heard the testimonies uh, towards the end of those few days from what the children have been doing. And what it is, that's grown on a Sunday morning now. Uh, there's been two or three occasions where... Um, uh, where we've had the children come forward to pray for certain situations, to see extraordinary miracles with Pastor Denise. And again, that was childlike faith prayers from um, Elizabeth, from Georgina, from the, from the whole group of children. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had where we, um, at our, uh, I was going to say deeper, at our um, Days of Favour last year, uh, there's a time when the family got together, the church family got together, and they were writing names on fishes. And they put them into, we had a fishing boat upstairs, believe it or not. <laughs> How we got up there, I'm not sure. But we had a fishing boat and a fishing net. And it was as though Jesus was saying, you know, he's calling to us, you know, I will make you fishes of men. And these names are still up there in a basket that we put up in the prayer room. And God keeps reminding us to pray over these names. These are names that are special to God. These are names special to the people that have written on those cards. And so we brought that basket down the other week there. And it's great to have the children again just laying hands, praying, declaring that we will see the answers to these prayers. God is faithful. It went on from our August meeting, you know, there was a time within the adult meetings and it's like we're crossing over to the other side. What is it to be crossing over to the other side? We're turning a new page. God is doing something uh, amazing within, within the church family here in, in Scarborough. Days of favour, again, as, I, as I've just been saying, it's such a powerful week. And that's, you know, days of favour is a time when we set apart as a church family, complete church, to have that seven days of fasting and seven days of just coming before God and seeking him, again, listening. What is he saying to us? Just to worship him, just to declare who he is. Out of last year came a time of discipleship within the church. Fifty people signed up to do the first encounters. Fifty people signed up to do first encounters. Who's still doing first encounters at the moment? There's a few hands going up. Although we may come to the end of the book, 
It doesn't stop the discipling. Discipling goes on. The book is a tool to use, but the discipling goes on. What that does, it builds, it builds one another together. You're able to draw alongside somebody and walk with them. And then that rolls on, that that person, what they've learned, is able then to pick up somebody else and say, well, I've just gone through this. You know, I'm going to be able to do this with somebody else. And so then this discipling, it's not out of effort, but it's out of a love of God. It's out of a love for one another, that as we walk together, as we want to disciple one another, we're fulfilling the commission of God. Go and go, as you go, make disciples. We don't have to go anywhere. As, as we are going, we make disciples. And so that's an exciting thing within the church. 50, 50 plus people. Just recently, 22 people have signed up to do Way of the Spirit. There's a hunger, there's a thirst that God is placing upon this church at this time. A hunger and thirst after his righteousness. A hunger and thirst after his word. 22 people to sign up to do Way of the Spirit. You know, we, we need to be thanking God for this because it is God on the move through his people. There's a desire of people's hearts to say, well, I'm not satisfied with what I've got. I want to learn more of who Jesus is. I want to know how I can live my life for him. I want to know uh, when, when I come to him, when I worship him, when I meet with him, in whatever way, whether it's through the word, through worship, through prayer. We know we're going to encounter him for who he is. And by his grace and his mercy, he pours out blessing. Because he lo he's looking at a people this morning whose heart is after his heart. He's looking at a people this morning who said yes to Jesus. He's looking at a people this morning that says, I want to see my community changed. And within that, there are, so, you know, there are several weapons we use. We have the word. It's like the sword of the spirit, the word of God. But we have the spirit of God. We can't have one without the other. We worship in spirit and in truth. Worship is another weapon of warfare. Prayer is a weapon of warfare. Fervent, effective prayers of a righteous man avails much. It's something when we come together and we're declaring and praying. There's times of intercession. There's so many different types of prayer. I don't have time to go into them all this morning. And whether that's doing it individually in your own place, in your own prayer room, or collectively, there is something that God, uh, the prayers of the saints are being raised up to heaven and he answers the prayers. And we start seeing his goodness and his mercy being poured out, poured out into our church family, poured out into our community, poured out into seeing salvations, the five prophetic promises that we've been, you know, that God had reminded us three years ago about taking hold of, bringing back. Yeah, it's not right for the enemy to be stealing these. And that was salvations, that was promises, that was extraordinary miracles, that was healings, um, that was resources, finances. And it's, uh, and it's not that we, we, God is showing us that we don't focus on the lack, but we, we focus on the provider. A great um, scripture that Pastor Paul brought recently, I'll read it to you, and it comes out of Psalm 121. And it says, I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? 
I lift up my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? It doesn't come from the hills. But the next verse says, My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. What a tremendous promise that we have when we fix our eyes, not upon the hill, not upon the problems, not upon the world, but upon the Lord Jesus Christ. That he's a provider, that he's a sustainer, that he's our salvation. That he's our, he's our promise keeper. We're singing this morning. The way maker. The promise keeper. Light in the darkness. That's my God. Is he your God this morning? Is he your God this morning? Is he making a way for you this morning? Is he, is he showing you his promises this morning? Are you stepping into those promises? Are you walking in his light this morning? You see, we don't look to the hill, but we are the light upon the hill. The community, let the community not look to the hill, but let it look to the light upon the hill. And as they look to the light upon the hill, who we are, his church then it gives an opportunity that then they will see Jesus Christ. That is where my help comes from. That is where my help comes from. And so a bit of foundation of what God's been doing in me is just to press in with him a little bit more in my own life. And what, just recently, <laughs> praise God, just recently he said to me, um, he's talking to me about, uh, um, for some reason, a 40-day fast came into my mind. And uh, that may be him calling now, actually, just to confirm that. <laughs> but for me personally, he was talking to me about a 40-day fast. And um, over this Lent period, you know, it didn't even dawn on me that Lent was coming up. And so I'm thinking, 40-day fast, Lord, are you sure? And um, I, I just, for the last... Um, couple of weeks, I've just been seeking God, I'm thinking, what do you want me to do this for, Lord? You know, what, what's your purpose? It's not just about doing a 40-day fast. There's got to be reasons behind why God calls you to something like that, okay? And so I shared this, um, I shared it um, with, with, with Claire uh, up in the prayer room, and I said, just can you pray into this? And then as Claire, was, um, as Claire prayed into it, um, I thought, well, I need to come to Pastor Paul and just share with him what God has put on my heart. And um, so with that in mind, uh, within that, I'd been looking at what God was doing outside of Scarborough, outside of our nation, but looking what he's doing worldwide. And it's an amazing move of God that's taking place at the moment. And it's not about joining something, you know, jumping on a bandwagon. It's just thanking God for that he is still in control. It's just thanking God that what he's doing, his church, the church of Jesus Christ, he says, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
And uh, I started looking to see what he's doing with YWAM over in the States. Uh, over this last year or so, there's been a, a, col a collaboration of leaders. And within that, um, they still have their own DNA, they still have their own churches. But God has brought them together because a love for one another and a love of God of what he wants to do within their nation over in the States. And so the YWAM and other leaders, um, I think there's about seven of them, uh, uh, are starting to use stadiums over in the States. And um, the, the, they're just calling the church forward. And it's a generation, it's the next generation that they're sending. It's called the Send. And they're just sending these people forward. You know, they're just sending. Churches coming together uh, within these cities, uh, within the stadiums. And they're just being sent by, the, you know, by, by God. And so there's an excitement of what God is doing there. There's an excitement of what God is doing over in the Far East. You know, you look at the Chinese church. You look at the persecution that's coming against them because God is moving. Within Iraq, within Iran, something is happening spiritually within our world. And it says God is doing something spiritually. It's because when the world gets to a place that uh, nothing, can, can, nothing can move, the, the, the things within the world that we see in our own country, uh, the problems that we face just in our own town, in our own country, the only thing that's going to work is the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's how do we then direct and focus and point people to the Lord Jesus Christ? And so with this in mind, it came up uh, within a couple of days after that that I saw this, uh, uh, there's a, a, a global movement uh, that, that's being set up um, to, to, to fast for 40 days. It's been going on for 20 years. Uh, but this is the first time it came across my, 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 my path. I thought, well, you know, what does God want to do here in Scarborough? What do you want to do in our nation? And so he was saying, yeah, well, take hold of the things that I'm doing already. And what I want you to do with this 40-day fast is, um, is to just to seek me. Take time out in whichever way. And for me personally, um, when we're talking about fasting biblically, it always talks about food. And um, what I wouldn't never recommend would be a, uh, a Jesus fast of water only, because that is so dangerous. You know, we've got to be wise in what Jesus wants us to give up physically, that he can then refresh us spiritually. Okay? And so... Uh, you know, things like uh, the Jesus fast is not, um, wouldn't even come onto my radar. I wouldn't even, you know, don't even go down that route. Um, but there are different types of fasts which I want to talk to you about in a moment. And so me, me personally, there's two or three of us uh, are wanting to come together over this period of Lent. It's an opportunity, if you like, for this Lent period uh, of saying, well, yeah, maybe it's something that God is speaking to me about this morning that I'm interested in. It's given an opportunity, I suppose, or an invitation to say, well, maybe I'll just, it's not about the fast. What it's about is seeking God. It's giving up something within my physical realm, within, with something that I do daily out of my flesh, of surrendering that to God and saying, well, instead of doing that, Lord, what I want to do is just take an extra hour just to come and seek you, to worship you, to read scripture, to hear from you, just for this period of time. 
I suppose there were seven points that God gave me, or gave us, really, at the time. Um, and when you bring those locally, uh, the first point would be to, there's a longing for Jesus. Are we longing for, to see Jesus? You know, are we longing to have more of him? To, 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 as we just come before his presence, there's something he does within us that just, um, just lifts us to a different place. As we worship him, as we adore him, as we glorify him, as we come into his scripture, there's something that is living and active. Because his word is living and active, because we're worshiping and serving a living savior, there's something that happens that when we just take something of ourselves that we do every day within the flesh and we replace it with something that God wants us to do, it gives us an opportunity of God just to change us personally to draw us closer to him. It says, if we draw close to him, he draws close to us. And there's nothing better than being close to Jesus. And so this is an invitation this morning, really. It's not about a whole church fast. I don't know who God's speaking to this morning about this. But what it is about is saying, well, this is an opportunity, a time period over these 40 days that I might just do one day a week, that I might do two days a week. And within that, these seven points that we were focusing on is that longing for Jesus, a bridegroom, to be our first love. So easy to lose sight of our first love when we're busy within the world. to come with a refreshing, a revival spirit within his church, you know, within me personally. Refresh me. As he refreshes each of us, there's something happens collectively. There's a refreshing, there's a revival. It's like, yeah, hang on a minute. Yeah, this fire, this, this heart of God, there's something that we're carrying. There's something that he just puts in us. He's so faithful, he's so gracious and merciful to us. He, he can't help but to bless us. We don't do it for a blessing. We do it because of who he is. Second one is to see breakthrough in our personal lives, to overcome temptation and walk in a righteousness. Um, it's so easy to be tempted. You know, we're tempted daily with the things of this world. And yet when we set maybe an hour or something like that aside, that just gives us opportunities to focus again on God. Number three, the raising up of missional people, uh, reaching our communities. Wow, just look at what's happening in our church here this, at this time. We are community within the community. We see it happening with street angels. We see it happen with community angels. We see it happen with youth angels. We see it happen with little builders. We see it happening uh, um, with the Friday Club. We see it happening with Cavern Club. We see it happening with everything we put on. When John did um, the, the, the Meeple's Convention, there's people that are coming into a place where the presence of God is and where his people are that can have an effect on people's lives. So they think they're just coming to play with a board game, but actually they're meeting with something of Jesus Christ. And so that's what God is doing. You know, it's from this place, it's from this vertical place of seeking him, worshipping him, uh, and then spreading out. It's going out into the community in whichever way God is moving us as a church. Whatever way God might be moving you if you're visiting today within your church. And that's what makes a difference. That's what gives a community a hope, 
something of Jesus Christ, because of his people are wanting to come before him and say, Father God, we, we need you in our community. We need you in our land. We need you in our nation. I need you in my life so much more. And so there's that lovely desire of coming to know him, coming to seek his face. Come and say, he's the one that it's all about. Let me be part of something that he wants to do within our nation, that we are the light. A 24-7 prayer movement. It doesn't mean that we're doing 24-7 prayer here in this building. It's something that our prayers are collective throughout the world. There's 24-7 prayer going on all the time. When the sun sets in one place, it's rising in another. The Church of Jesus Christ isn't inactive throughout the world. It's active. And whether or not God decides then to move something like that within our, within our region, you know, that he extends that to the church, the church of Jesus Christ, we're not talking about one man or one person or one, one congregation, then I don't know. But let's see, you know, what a power in prayer. The unity of the body of Christ. How the enemy wants to come and steal and kill, kill and destroy that unity within us. And yet, that time that we seek God, that time that we come together, there's a unity because he is ahead of the unity. He is uniting us through him with one another. A reconciliation, a, a reconciliation to him, a reconciliation to one another. There's a love that pours out within our hearts. It says, wow, you're just amazing. We need each other as a body of Jesus Christ. And yet one of the things of the enemy is to come and try and kill, steal, and destroy relationship. Come steal and destroy your relationship with Jesus, with one another. And we need to be aware that as we stay strong, as we stay focused, as we stay looking upon the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light and the darkness, that's who our God is. Outprong of the Holy Spirit. He can outpour his Holy Spirit any time he wants. It's not dependent on how we do things, what we do, or where we do it, but it is dependent on the Father God. He's dependent on what he sees the hearts of his people wanting within their region. I've been reading recently a, a book by Pastor Colin called Holy Spirit Come. And it's amazing when the people of God just surrender themselves to Jesus, that it's all about him, of what then he does within our community, that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit will come. I don't fast because, I, I, you know, it's not trying to coerce God's hand into doing things. It's just that he sees the heart. He sees your heart. He sees your desire of wanting to, to come into his presence. And when he sees that, he says, wow, I'm going to bless you guys. You, you know, through my grace and my mercy, I'm going to change Scarborough around. I'm going to change your town around. And so there's seven points, turning hearts of the fathers to children. We're talking cross-generational. How wonderful it is to see four generations in our church family that they worship together on a Sunday. Maybe they'll increase to a, a, an extra time in a prayer room. I don't know. 
But what a joy when we see the children praying with the adults and worshipping with the adults and seeking God for themselves as well as collectively. And so with that in mind, the invitation goes out this morning. If you're wanting to just, um, if God is speaking to you, come and see us um, later on. What, what we've put together, what, what I'm speaking to Claire, we've put together, with, with those seven points there, the scriptures for a daily basis, it's like a daily devotional, if you like, over the time period of, of the 40 days. You don't have to take hold of it, but if you want to, it just helps us focus together what God is saying to us collectively. It's focusing on the five prophetic promises. It's focusing on what God is doing in our community, as well as locally, globally. <laughs> you know, it's God that's in control. It's not what I do. It comes through obedience of what God is saying to me, yes, and what he's saying to you. But we don't do it because because of this. We don't do it because God's going to do that. God's going to do this. God is all-powering. He's an amazing God, and he sees our hearts, and he sees the people that are lost still, that wants to be saved. And so it's an opportunity. If you want to do something as part of your, the 40 days leading up to Easter, um, we, we've got the, the flag at the back there. There'll be, we're putting together a little A5 booklet uh, there'll be a Facebook page dedicated just to that so you can see the scriptures daily. If you want to, even if you can't make it, um, even if you don't want to fast or you just want to pray more, it just gives you an opportunity of doing that. But the invitation is there that if you want to be part of that in any way whatsoever, if God is speaking to you this morning, come and see us over at the, over the banner over there. There'll be Claire and myself there. And we can either explain a little bit more next Sunday evening we're hoping to do, um, you know, use that as a launch pad, if you like. So we'll have a meeting next Sunday evening. Uh, and then there'll be meetings throughout the month, one a day at different times. And it's an opportunity either to come here. If you can't come here, maybe you can meet in your houses somewhere. But then that we're praying together and that we, we're using the scriptures that we believe God is giving us for this time with our prophetic promises and just to seek him Seek him in all his glory, in all his wonder, all his beauty, and leave the results up to God. Amen. Praise God. Have you heard the word secular? Yeah, do you know what it means? How it's normally, I mean, there's a group called the Secular Society, for example. It basically means, in, 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 uh, in perhaps in, in uh, the way the world talks about it, it means this is normal. Uh, and then the, the Christian bit, if there is one, is sort of tagged on. Normal is secular. Schools should be secular. Government should be secular. I found out something really interesting this morning. It was literally this morning that I, I, I read it. The, the word is a Christian word. It's, uh, it comes from the Latin. And the church used to use it, and probably still do in some places, uh, used to use it that the secular age, the secular period, is the time period between uh, the ascension of Christ and his return. So when people talk about living in the secular age, it means we are living in the time period between when Christ went to heaven after he'd been put to death on the, on the cross. Obviously, he rose from the dead, and then 40 days later, he 
ascended into heaven to be sat at the right hand of the Father. And he said, I'm sending you another like me. And the other, of course, is the Holy Spirit, which came at Pentecost and poured out upon his church. And that's the age we live in. We live in the secular age. The age between the rising of Christ and looking forward to his coming again. I just think that's really powerful. Why, why am I saying that? Because that is the, isn't it amazing? This actually, I mean, 2,000 years just about. It sounds like a long time. It is compared to our lifespan, it must be admitted. But in terms of all of the universe, it's not very far long at all. It's a tiny little blip. And we live in it. We live in the secular age. I'm going to enjoy using this word. <laughs> As totally people don't normally think of it. Um, we live in this tiny time period between when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the church after Christ had risen back into, into heaven from walking here on the earth. We live between that period and the period of when he will come again. And the reason that's so significant is because this time that we live in is completely sort of enshrouded and encircled by Christ leaving and Christ coming back again. That's the time we live in. And, and, and what the worldly definition of sector is, it's kind of, it's over the years that we've had this sort of enlightenment and everything else, it's slowly removed God from everything we think about. Instead of the Holy Trinity, we, we think about the sort of the unholy trinity of the state, the self, and economics. Those are the things that really matter. People on their own, people in obedience to state, paying their taxes for which the state will protect them, and then economics so that we're all inevitably making progress. That's kind of how, that's, that's secularism. But before we had that, people didn't see God as separate from the world. God is in the world. They didn't see, oh, what am I going to do? They, they asked the question, what has God called me to? What is the calling upon my life? What is my vocation? There's, a, there's an old word. What, what has God got for me? How is he going to work through me? What am I doing as a co-heir and a partner with Christ as he calls us? And when Jesus was walking here on the earth, he modeled a way of life and showed us a way to live that is completely opposed to that. I mean, he said, I mean, he said a lot of challenging things, but one of the challenging things he said was, I only do what I see the Father doing. And he used to spend time listening to the Father and so that he would be able and, and, and looking out with, spending that time with his Father meant he could see, as well as hear, what the Father was doing. And why, why so I think where we're going with this, so that I, I've never been a great fan of Lent. I've seen it as a, a religious act. Can I say, don't give up anything for Lent this year? Put on Christ instead. Put on walking with God. Put on journeying and following the way. Don't, don't, don't give up something. Because when you give up something, you think you're doing something that's going to make something. Put on Christ and think about how you put on Christ. When you stop eating for a while, however long that is, you're not giving up food, you are putting on Christ. 
It's just that you are saying, I'm not going to do this. It's to acknowledge that I am, I, am, I am listening to your voice. I'm looking to see what you are doing because you have called me. I have a vocation. I have a purpose. I have a destiny. And in this time, it's like a looking to God. And it officially begins on the 1st of March and ends on the 9th of April, this sort of time period. So we're beginning with a community meal. So you can't give up food that day anyway. <laughs> you can do it afterwards. <laughs> but, I mean, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to make sure I refocus and make sure I follow the discipline of one or two days a week, which is what I'm supposed to do anyway, where I fast. And I fast 24 hours. Um, I wasn't sure what you meant by Jesus fast, actually, Brian. I mean, you said uh, only having water. I mean, that's what I, I generally only have water and, and fruit juice. Did you mean not drinking at all? Yeah, you meant not water, didn't you? Yeah, I thought you did. I just want to clarify that when he said about, I, well, I don't recommend doing this. A fast can be just water, but it's some people that uh, talk about fasting with no water at all. Don't recommend that at all. And also don't recommend you fast for 40 days. You need a call from God and you need to be healthy to do that at the very least. You, and you need to have it confirmed by others. Um, but yeah, I think it is good to give up food because it's so fundamental to our lives. But what we've, we've learnt, we've been taught by the other word use of secular thinking is that it's like God is bolted into our lives if, if it's there at all. If he's there at all, religion is private not really something you talk about. It shouldn't be in government. It shouldn't be in schools. It shouldn't be... That's kind of what the secular society would pr promote. Um, they certainly wouldn't see God as fundamental to the way we live. Is God in government? He's in government whether you try to exclude him or not. He's there. He's everywhere. He's fundamental. He's part of who we are and where we're going. And so... Let's take the opportunity to use Lent, that's basically what we're saying, just to get some of that focus of, I want to, I want to put on Christ. I want to put on Jesus. Obviously, you, need to, you know your own health situation. You need to go by that. You need, you, 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 you've got to be sensible. And yes, you can fast from other things as well. You know, you could decide, I'm not going to do this, or I'm not going to do this, but don't just turn it into a Lent, I'm going to give up sweets. I really don't think that has much value, other than perhaps health-wise. <laughs> this is not about a giving up, this is about a putting on. Yeah, a putting on of Jesus. And, and that's really why um, Brian spoke at this time, because at the, after having heard this, we want to just focus on Jesus again. I think that's what he's calling us to do. It's this journey that he's called us to follow the way. It's a journey of life that we're on. And if we, got to, if we want to know where we're going, we want to be following him, don't we? And that's what this is all about. So let's have our worship team forward. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.